touch a little bit. You, you mentioned about authenticity. Um, but when, 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 when I get a release, for me, it's, it's all about the music. And, and I, I forget Les Mills. I forget the choreography. And I don't even think about it being a workout. I just listen to the songs. And I, I have them on the whole time, like when I'm in the shower, when I'm making food, when I'm doing the laundry, when I'm training at the gym. I just try and listen to the music as many times as possible. But I'm not even thinking about the Lesmos program or the workout. It's just the feel and the music. And what happens is instruments will pop up or lyrics will stand out or these musical landmarks will come up. And, and you don't know what that's going to be or when it will be, but it just happens after you've listened to it for a while. And, and then when you actually then go, right, let's plug in and learn the choreography, when those two things come together and you teach, you're already naturally in the music. So those little moments that you sung or the little hip movement or shoulder wiggle that you just naturally did with the song, that just comes out when you teach. Welcome to the Lindsay Morrison Podcast. Lindsay is a leading consultant in the world of group fitness as an international trainer and presenter. Join Lindsay as she chats all things group fitness, fitness management, and interviews industry experts on the latest fitness trends, stats, and insights. Welcome to the Lindsay Morrison Podcast. This is episode 15 with Matt Thraxton and Matt is the training manager for Les Mills China. So in this episode, we talk about what inspires Matt and his teaching and performance, how he finds authenticity and actually how the coronavirus is affecting life in China um, and the kind of economic effects that's having on the group fitness instructors and the industry out there, which is really, really interesting. He also answers questions from instructors around the world. So I asked you guys to send me some questions for Matt on my social platforms and I got a whole bucket full of questions. So I cannot wait for you guys to, to hear those. I'm absolutely loving the podcast that I'm doing right now. Um, and I've spoken to so many amazing people, including Matt, Clive Omrod, the CEO of Les Mills, and Kaylee Jack, who is one of the Les Mills ambassadors in previous podcasts. And within my own co coaching, I have drawn on some of those conversations with my own clients to create some great results. One thing that I find is that when speaking to instructors, that they have these self-made barriers between um, themselves and creating the desired effect they want in class. A quick technique I use is to bring awareness to what the comfort zone is, which often creates that barrier in something that we call limiting beliefs. For example, if your comfort zone is constantly talking and giving coaching points, you need to become aware of this when it happens and stop. And then look around the room with knowledge that this is okay. Now I'm looking for something to coach rather than just filling the space with random coaching cues, planned or unplanned. And it's when we become aware of comfort zones that we actually start to use them to an advantage. My comfort zone is not doing podcasts. Um, and that's really why I started out doing my podcast was a personal challenge because it was uncomfortable and a, a new space for me to explore. But look at me now, I've got 7,000 downloads, 15 episodes in the bank, and I am taking those conversations from my podcast into my coaching and mentoring and giving my clients value. Last month, I did my first public speaking gig at mine and Ricky's Jump Live event, um, and it was called Be Your Own Boss. The short story is that 15-minute talk is now being turned into a coaching program that we're developing to create real confidence in group fitness instructors and how they teach, but not only in their classes, but actually how they show up every day in life. 
During March, the first five people will sample and test this. So I'm looking for two to three people who would benefit from working with me to develop self-confidence, to be your own boss in both your personal and your professional life. All you've got to do is simply email me at lindsaymorrison.coaching at gmail.com or just even send me a DM on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at lindsay underscore underscore morrison. Right. Time for the chat with Matt. I hope you enjoy this episode and I'll see you guys soon. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome on to the Lindsay Morrison podcast, Matt Thraxton. And Matt Thraxton has been a massive, massive influence in my fitness journey in group fitness. Um, He was my body pump trainer and I owe a lot to him. Without his module training, I would never have found out about Les Mills or you know found my passion for group fitness so it's this is a really special podcast for me so thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. <laughs> uh, thank you very much Lindsay great to be here and uh, oh man when, when was that body pump module that must have been body pump 52 54 was it yeah 54, 54. oh my word Yet we yeah. still look so young. How about that? <laughs> I know. I mean, what, what are the odds? It's like, I was, I was thinking just before I came onto the podcast, when was that? So it was Body Pump 54. It was 2005. Um, wow, yeah. Yeah, so 15 years. Like, yeah, 15 years I've been, you know, doing the, having the rep effects, lifting weights to music and still loving it now that's, as much as I did back then. Swats, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. And and you are doing amazingly well and it's so great to see and I appreciate you having me on the podcast. I'm excited. Yay, thank you. Thanks. Um, so I think we'll just kick <laughs> off with, um, for some of the listeners who maybe don't know you and your background um, within Les Mills and, and maybe out west, you know, can you just tell the listeners, you know, who is Matt Braxton and what exactly do you do? <laughs> yeah, good question. What exactly do I do? Well, so I suppose I'm just a small, a small country boy from Devon in England and I uh, ended up doing this Les Mills group fitness thing from about 2002. I was just living in the States. I was coaching soccer um, and I was a high school PE teacher and I was training at Gold's Gym. And then one day the manageress of Gold's Gym came up and said, hey, do you want to teach body pump? You know, I think you'd be good at it. My husband's going to go on the training and I want to send you. And, and originally I didn't want to go. I was like, no because I knew nothing about group fitness, nothing about Les Mills or body pump. But uh, long, long story short, me and our husband went on the training. We had a great time and we started teaching body pump. And so from 2002 onwards was when I started doing this Les Mills thing. But leading into that, I was just a typical sort of boy, really. I played football and, and did weight training and I was always sporty at school. Uh, went off to uni to do a sports science degree. And then while I was there, I got my football coaching badges. And then that's kind of the reason I went to America was to just do the summer soccer camps. So I guess I've always been in and around sport and fitness, but I never really knew, like, did I want to be a PE teacher? Did I want to be a physiotherapist? And did I want to be a professional footballer? You know, I knew it was something in and around sport. But I think what I found over in, in the USA when I was coaching kiddies soccer was, was just a, uh, I guess a little bit of a talent, but more a passion for coaching and helping other people. And it just happened to be that I was doing young kids football. And then that developed into doing adults group fitness. 
but it's still kind of the same thing that I'm, I'm coaching and, and trying to help and train and mentor people. Uh, I just happen to be using Les Mills as, as probably the main vehicle for how I'm able to do that. So yeah, so now I'm, I'm the training manager of, of Les Mills China. So I'm looking after China, Taiwan, uh, South Korea, and Hong Kong. So essentially, uh, all the instructors, assessors, trainers, and presenters throughout those countries. Um, I'm like a, I'm 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 the dad, granddad, <laughs> looking after everybody. What a job, eh? What a job! <laughs> Especially at the, mo- cool. at the moment it in the current cool. climate. But we'll come on to talk about the coronavirus soon, I'm sure, <laughs> and what's happening. Just yeah, yeah, that probably so. pop up, wouldn't it? <laughs> So being the training manager for Les Mills China, what is a typical day for you, um, a, a normal day in the, in the life of um, Matt Draxon? Yeah, that's a good question, because I guess the immediate answer is there isn't really a typical day. I mean, I'm super lucky to do the job I do, and it has many different facets. So one day I might be delivering a GFM seminar, another day it might be a quarterly workshop, or I'm doing feedback to one of my trainers or, or upskill. Um, I could be in an SLT meet, senior leadership team meeting where we're talking about the budgets, then the profit and loss of an event, um, how we can get that across the line. Um, I might be on a video conference call with LMI. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool because there's so many different parts to this machine and, and I get to dip my finger into all of them. And, and, and I think that's one of the things that keeps it really fresh, but I guess, there are some parts that are still typical. So every day involves coffee. Every day involves lots of emails, you know, trying to contact my team as much as possible. I've got an office that I can go into. Um, essentially, everything we're doing is trying to get, you know, more people into group fitness. We're trying to get instructors to a better level. Um, we're trying to engage our instructors so they stay with us for longer. Um, but I'm lucky that I get to travel a little bit and, and do these different areas of the job. Um, and yeah, and I feel fortunate that, that uh, I've got the opportunity to do, to do that because I, I like to feel like I'm getting challenged in that business area because that's still kind of a new part of it to me, the, the business of Les Mills. Um, but I then get to offer my experience and, and, and sort of what I've gained over the years in terms of the training, assessing and presenting, um, you know, out on the field. So it kind of blends the best of both worlds for me. Yeah. Do you still um, go out and deliver training or? Is your focus kind of? I do. It's more elsewhere, but I mean, obviously, we've got the advanced training now, and um, here in in China, we we still deliver M One, which we're, we're going to be renaming, but we've still got a product that sort of sits in that space of, of technique and coaching, um, initial module trainings, quarterly workshops, um, and and we do some some unique things here in terms of seminars and events for instructors and, and club support. So I, so I like to still be at the grassroots level and, and deliver sort of partly because partly that's a great way to coach and develop the team. You know, if I'm in there doing it, they can see the real life delivery and I can have new trainers or presenters with me learning along the way. Um, but also it just keeps me grounded in, in what we're doing and it keeps me, you know, understanding the market if I'm out there actually living and breathing it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still out there doing it. It's, it's not as much as I used to do. Like in, in the UK, I was pretty much doing a module every weekend. You know, and I remember way back when we launched at David Lloyd, we were doing two or three modules a week. You know, it's pretty full on schedule. So that those days are long gone. But um, I'd say each month I would deliver deliver some of our products. And that, that sort of keeps me in touch with what's going on. And it's sort of like teaching, really. You know, it's 
it's what you love to do. You don't you don't want to let go of that because you just love being at the cold face delivering the products and you know and until I'm too old or too 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 injured or or I'm just unable to do it anymore, they'll wheel me off and but I'll be kicking and screaming. <laughs> this is what i love about our industry is that you know we, we all have a passion for what we do and um there, there is longevity in it you just have to be smart about it don't you in terms of you know maybe there yeah. is a point where you you think to yourself okay i may not be able to do that anymore but then i'll do this so that you still are i guess teaching and um from that place of passion um, and you're still getting the, that endorphin rush from what you love to do hundred percent i mean i think um a, a good example of that that I, that I tend to use when i'm talking to my team about your longevity or, or or even just your lifespan within certain areas of business is is like i retired from body combat a little while back um and, and part of that reason was i could see the talent that was coming up alongside of me and, and this was when i was in new zealand so i had um i had people like uh vils this 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 uh young Kiwi boy that's just young, fit, good looking, jumps high, kicks amazingly well, super energetic. And it's just like, wow, you know, this guy's amazing. And if I stood next to him, I'd just look like an old man. <laughs> no one wants to see that. And so you kind of understand that, yeah, I can still teach a good class and I can still engage my members and it's fun, but I don't need to be doing quarterly workshops anymore because I just can't deliver the product in the way that it should be. And then, and then when I got to China, you know, we've got people like Linda and Nico, that, that just the, the sharpness of those guys is insane. And, and, you know, and they're young and they're cool and they just deliver in a different way. So, I mean, fortunately for me, I guess I'd had five minutes of fame. So I was able to sort of step back from that limelight. And also, you know, I was, I was moving into the business space. So I'm doing a bit more coaching and mentoring and the business of Les Mills. So like you say, you start to develop your skills in a different area or you start to find other places in the business where you can have value. Um, you just need to sort of know when your time is to, to hang up certain parts. And for me, jumping up in the air and punching and kicking thin air, you know, I had to, I had to let go of that one, you know, and, and I was fortunate enough to make that decision myself before I spent two or three years trying to hang on and everybody else yeah. told me I wasn't ready. But it is, it is lifespan, you know, and, and, you know, programs like Pump or maybe RPM, you can, you might be teaching for a bit longer or, or body balance, for example. But, uh, you know, I had to listen to my body and I had to understand the product and the market and, and just make an intelligent decision. Um, and it was the right time, you know, and there's, and there's no regrets. Once, once in a while, I might, I might cover a, a body combat class or we might have a special event at my local club, you know, and we're doing a launch and I'll jump in and bang out some old tunes and it'll be fun. But man i'm sore for a few days afterwards <laughs> do you have a go-to release do you have a particular release that you think i'll just put that one on and i'll do that <laughs> i've got a go-to playlist i mean I'm, I'm 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 never a fan of a whole release like i love launching the new release but two or three weeks in i'm always ready to, to chop and change and i think when it comes to how do i deliver the best possible class i can it's songs from various releases so you know, the track five from Body Combat 15, Nessaha, that's just one of my go-tos that I love. Uh, track three from, I think it was Combat 43, Steve Tanzi did it, Because the Night. Oh, yeah, you know, That's yeah, a power yeah. track that I always go to. And, and, and track eight, Your Shining is a classic. And I oh, love that. So, yes. yeah, I've got, I've got tracks that choreographically, choreographically, I just remember them really well because I taught them so many times. And musically, they're just really cool tunes. 
Um, so yeah, I've got a couple of playlists on my phone that, you know, if I ever get called up last minute, I can jump in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, once a year, maybe twice a year at the most. But, but going back to the original point, I think it is important, you know, for, um, I guess anyone that's listening, you know, to understand that, you know, we might not be teaching when we're 90, when we're 80, when we're 70 or 60, you know, at some point there, there is a lifespan to what we do, depending how well you look after yourself, you could be teaching longer and doing workshops and, and trainings for longer. Um, but it's trying to, it's trying to maybe have a bit of an eye on the future and think, okay, what will I be doing in five years or 10 years? Have I got a backup plan? What's my career development? You know, have I developed some skills or, or started to leverage a bit of a side business that if I do have to stop doing teaching X, for example, is there something else that can fill that space now and then satisfy me and I can still have some value, you know, to other people and in, in, in this industry. Um, yeah, and I've just been very lucky that a couple of opportunities came my way at a time when I was ready to take them and, and I could let go of a few things at a time when I was ready to let go. Mm. I think that I think what you said is key. It's it's having a plan B, isn't it? You know, it's good to be in the moment and enjoy what you do, but you have to look forward and think, right, well, I can't do this for a long time or for ever. So what is the next step for me after this? Because um, I think as well, like, yeah. once it's a hard decision to give it up, isn't it? I think there's probably people that battle with it, don't they? Like, should I give it up? Should I not? I really love it, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> It's what we love doing. It's what we're passionate about. And I think, I think teaching at club level is something that you can definitely stretch for a lot longer. And, you know, certainly if you're teaching programs that, that might be a bit kinder on the body, you know, because at the end of the day, you don't necessarily have to be super young, super good looking and super fit to be able to fill a room in your local club. You know, if you're great at engaging and connecting to people and if, if you can create some entertainment value, um, you know, and, and they know you care about them, you, you can teach for a long time. And it is what we do. And it's what, you know, it's it's how we got into all this sort of thing, and and to let go of that will be to sort of let go a piece of your heart. You know, that will be really, really difficult. Um, but I think that the, the the space I'm in at the moment is obviously the you know the the, the big events and the filmings and and the stuff that's the stuff that just needs you know a, someone younger on stage, maybe someone fitter, someone coaching in a bit more of a you know the the newer coaching model way especially here in China, you know, it's, it's, it's a certain look and it's a certain feel. Um, and, and I just have, you know, had to accept that and, and know that I had some value elsewhere. And, and what I can bring is I can coach the presenting team on stage, you know, and I get my value from seeing them deliver in a really intelligent and powerful way. I can see the reaction in the crowd, you know, the shiny eyes and the smiles and, you know, and I can go out on a module training and I can watch a trainer deliver two days and I can sit with them, you know, in both evenings and give them a couple hours of really detailed feedback and coaching on how they can be a better trainer facilitator. Um, so, so I can provide a lot of value. You know, I, I don't need to be upfront anymore. Um, but in terms of teaching classes, yeah, I think letting go of that's going to be really, really difficult. So, you know, that, that might not ever happen. You know, I might still be teaching until such time that live classes aren't around anymore. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, Who knows what the future holds? <laughs> I know yeah. so much innovation uh, within the industry it's exciting very exciting um so you just mentioned about the live events yeah. here so you've just had les mills live taiwan and i did see from your social media that you yeah. you were on stage uh which which was awesome I um, was, that yeah. bicep track with marlon um giving him a run for his money <laughs> <laughs> 
there you go. These these young bucks coming in, having a go, you know. You've got to I know, I know. Well, that keep them grounded, <laughs> keep them grounded. But um, I, I, just before we hit recording the podcast, I was saying to Matt that um, he, for me, is the daddy of performance, being authentic, um, and just not giving a shit. Basically, like you just go and do your thing, and you make <laughs> people feel good. And you, I don't know, you leave, you leave a lasting impression on people. Like it's, it's that, it's that saying, isn't it? It's not what you said, it's how you made them feel. And, and you create something special. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of tap into that for a part of the podcast and I guess share your yeah. tips, your thoughts and, and how, how do you come up with all this good performance, crazy connection <laughs> stuff that maybe some of us quite, find quite kind of challenging to do or it doesn't come naturally to us um so i guess yeah. when when you get a release like what's the process for you in terms of performance um well firstly thank you for that i appreciate you saying that i think um you know if, if there ever was to be a bit of a, a lasting legacy or a memory you leave behind i think for me I would want people to think that I was the real me and I was authentic and I just did what I loved with passion. Um, there's always going to be some people that might not like it or they think you're an idiot. But at the, at the end of the day, if, you, if you're comfortable and confident in what you're doing, you know, you know you're not going to please everyone. But what you're doing is real and authentic and you hope it does, you know, entertain and inspire other people. And, and I sort of feel like um, the way I teach is, is kind of how I just talk to other people. Like if we were sat having a drink and it was a party at your house, I'm the same person as when you see me on stage at a quarterly workshop or, or in my class or when I was doing the filmings. I'd sort of hate people to see a version of me on stage that felt cardboard or felt forced or different. And then you talk to me off stage and you went, oh, he's nothing like he is on stage. And that's where there's that big disconnect. So I think, I know we're probably gonna to touch a little bit, you mentioned about authenticity. Um, but when, 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 when I get a release, for me, it's, it's all about the music. And, and I, I forget Les Mills, I forget the choreography, and I don't even think about it being a workout. I just listen to the songs. And I, I have them on the whole time, like when I'm in the shower, when I'm making food, when I'm doing the laundry, when I'm training at the gym. I just try and listen to the music as many times as possible. But I'm not even thinking about the Les Mills program or the workout. It's just to feel the music. And what happens is instruments will pop up or lyrics will stand out or these musical landmarks will come up and and you don't know what that's going to be or when it will be but it just happens after you've listened to it for a while and and then when you actually then go right let's plug in and learn the choreography when those two things come together and you teach you're already naturally in the music so those little moments that you sung or the little hip movement or shoulder wiggle that you just naturally did with the song that just comes out when you teach you don't have to force it or put it in there because you just, you're so woven into the tapestry of the song, you know, and that's inherent in you. And, and the great thing about that is then when you go back and teach some of these old releases, the music's still in there. It's the same song, it gives you the same feeling and all those things just pop up. So the, the landmarks in the song or the bit when the bass drops in or a cymbal comes in or a lyric that sticks out, you know, those things, they'll pop up for me. But the great thing about it, like Linz, when you, when, when you listen to a song, you'll pick out something different. And I'll watch you teach and go, oh man, that's awesome. You picked out this lyric and I'd never even heard that lyric. Mm -hmm. And then I'll, I'll do something with an instrument and you'll go, oh, I, I didn't even hear that instrument when I listened to it. And, and I get super inspired by, by the guys on my team because you know, obviously a lot of them, they're this younger new generation and, and it's an Asian culture. So they're just coming in with a whole different look and feel. 
and I'm watching my guys teach and they're doing things with the music and I'm going, wow, I never even heard that or didn't even think of it. Mm-hmm. And then I go, okay, so how can I take that interpretation and make it my interpretation? What, what am I looking for? So I, so I think the, the, the music is key and, and obviously to be able to let go of your personality, like, like you touched on that being just sort of, it, it kind of is a little bit of that, you know, not giving a shit, not worrying about what people think. You, you're going to be confident enough to be you, push the envelope a little bit, you know. I know the Les Mills tagline is be brave, but it is a little bit of being brave, saying, oh, this is how I want to deliver it. I'm going to give it a try. It's a bit edgy. It might push the barriers a little bit. But if I can make two people in my class smile, or if I can inspire one person to, you know, have a better day, or if I can, at a workshop, if I can inspire one instructor or two instructors to go back and listen to their music again, to try and find some moments of magic and performance so that when they teach, they teach at a higher level. You know, that's, that's, that's a, a, a win for me, you know? And obviously the, the more people that you can inspire, the better. But um, yeah, that, that freedom to be yourself, I think just comes from actually putting in the hard work behind the scenes. You know, I've, those early days, you know, I think I, I just ate, slept, drunk, pump, like day in and day out. I was obsessed <laughs> by it, listening to the music, getting in front of the mirror, scripting tracks, practicing. I mean, it, it would have been really anal and I would have been really boring to be around. But um, it, it gave me a good grounding and I, and I got pretty confident and pretty confident quick. And then I was able to then start to see what other people do that are great at this and steal ideas from other people. Um, and, then, and then you get to a place where, you know you can step out and, and be yourself because behind the scenes all the hard work and preparation is done so you know you deserve to be there and you should do a good job because you're ready and I think that allows you to be yourself a bit more and, and not worry about oh, I mustn't say this because it might not be you know what, what Les Mills International want me to say or a trainer might see me teach and they're not going to put my name forward to be on the team or I won't get chosen to be on a filming or you know we have all these things that can can sort of suppress us just relaxing and being cool and doing our own thing. Um, and when I look at the people that inspired me the most, and I think the people that have created the biggest impact on me, they, they've all been a very unique and edgy and cool. They've, they've never been by the book or in, in a box or, or, or very conservative. They've always done something a bit quirky, a bit random and, you know, and pushed it a little bit, but it's, it's, it reminds me of something that Lee Smith said. Lee Smith, the Aussie trainer, the RPM guy, you know, he, he talks about understanding the rules so well that you're able to break the rules. You know, and he's got this, this image that he, you know, you know the system so well, you know everything you're supposed to do. So you know those little places that you're allowed to push it a little bit. And if you go there and find those little corners, you can create this magic that maybe other people aren't able to do. But other people can do it if they just allow themselves, you know, the, the, the freedom to give it a try. Yeah, I think, um, you know, personally speaking for me and maybe for others listening that it's almost that fear sometimes of looking stupid or what will people think Mm. um, that can hold us back and I know for a long time that's definitely what held me back like I would I would worry about you know trying to do something in a class or a workshop with the fear of thinking that people would think oh who does she think she is you know so um took me a long time to kind of shake those monkeys off my shoulder um and to feel like I can actually like you know be myself I think it it does it does come with a bit of experience eh? I think once you've once you've got some runs on the board and you kind of know what it's about you know you 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 do feel like you're able to you know you've grown and developed and then you're in that place where you can 
you know, be a little bit risky or, or say something. And, you know, if, if you get a reaction from it, then it's, okay, great. People actually did like that. So I can do more of that stuff because that's what, what gets a response. That's what creates a memory. Um, and, and like you touched on earlier, you know, the, the things that, that, that people remember is, is the feeling that you gave them. It's how you made them feel. And, and these sort of experiences, it's, you know, it's what we're trying to deliver to people in class or at workshop. You know, we're trying to entertain and educate and inspire and, and, and leave them with an experience that's memorable. And I think that authenticity thing, a, a tool that I use that um, I got it from a friend of mine, Phil Anderson, actually. So Phil Anderson was, was a body attack and RPM trainer. Um, and he, he started up his, his own company called Bespoke Leadership. And he does a lot of stuff on public speaking and leadership and development. But one of these tools, I went through his training and one of the tools he's got on there is about your personal brand. And it's, and it's kind of that premise that like, if I was to ask 10 people to give me three words to describe Roger Federer, all 10 people would come up with very similar words. Or if I said, give me three words to describe Barack Obama or Oprah Winfrey or Ellen DeGeneres, whoever it is, but globally, you know, it would be a common thing. The three words would be very similar because those people really understand their own personal brand and who they are. And they consistently deliver authentically to themselves all the time. You know, and the, and the challenge is, you know, what are yours? You know, so, so, so when I talk to my team, I, I say, you know, what are your three words? If, if you were to describe yourself in three words, your personal brand, what would it be? Um, if I was to describe you, what three words would I use? And the idea is that if your three words match the three words that everyone else thinks, then you're close to being authentic and you have integrity. But if your three words are, you know, fit, fun and enthusiastic, and everyone that comes to your class thinks you're really unfit and you're really boring and you've got no energy, there's a big disconnect with who you think you are <laughs> and who everyone else thinks you are. But you know, if, if you're three words, you really know who you are as a brand. And that's actually when you deliver, people actually get that brand from you. When that aligns with the program essence, that's when you can really create a lot of power. And I think that's what you see when you see people teaching that just seem to be relaxed in the moment, natural, engaging, charismatic, they're just really comfortable with who they are. They know their strengths and they're delivering, you know, in the program essence. So it's, so it's kind of like three words to describe you that would be your own personal brand. And I think if you understand what those three words are, that's a, a standpoint where you can teach from and, and that will help you be a bit more authentic and, and you know, and more, maybe more natural when you teach. That's great, great advice. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, so um, yeah. Let's put you on the spot. Oh, no, I knew how you were going to do this to me. I knew it. Oh, this is where my or, limit is. You always start to talk to me and go, oh, who do you think you are? <laughs> um, or do, we, do we put it in the comments box and, uh, and ask the guys in the UK to, to put down what three words they think you are and see if it matches what yours are? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> we'll do that. I'll put myself out there. Yeah, that's an action from this point. It, it is a cool yeah. little exercise. And I would have done that back in, I think, 2015 when, when Phil took us through that training. And, um, and, and, you know, I still use it now and I've used it recently at our, our new presenter boot camp. And it just seems to resonate really well because, you know, we talk so much about the essence of our programs and there's so much training around that. Have we actually sat down and gone, well, what's my essence? Who am I? And what do I want people to feel or to think of me when I finish teaching that class? Yeah, and it's definitely a, a little worthwhile tool to use. Yeah, I'll definitely be doing that. I'll tag you in it as well. Okay. There you go. There's, there's <laughs> yeah. the, the accountability right there. <laughs> there you go. There you go. 
<laughs> You're going to chop that bit out now, aren't you? <laughs> I am not. I'm not. <laughs> so what has been your favourite track that you've ever taught on a release? Um, you know, oh, all your Oh, like a filming? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what mine is in a minute. Well, but... All right, cool, cool. There's so, there's so many good songs. I mean, I, I suppose Body Pump 63, that was my first filming. So that was, that was the end of 2007. So that was when I got the call to, to go to New Zealand and film 63, me, Glenn and Susan. And the first track I taught was the back track. So I swear that bomb, diggy, 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 bomb, diggy, doo. Oh, yeah. Think the about the way. The shoulder roll, boop, 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 <laughs> Yeah. We're, we're so crazy with performance in Palm Park, you know, that shoulder roll gets a bigger reaction than some of the cool body jam stuff that people do. <laughs> Bizarre. But um, that, that, I'll always have a soft spot for that one because that was my first time, you know, t teaching on a filming and, and I was super nervous and adrenaline was pumping and it went by so fast. But actually... Like if I go back and play that song, I still just really love it. It's just a cool song. It moves quick. It's a good workout. And then those memories sort of come back of the film week and all the emotions of, of that. So that's always a favorite. And then I think um, in Body Pump 66, that was the global summit. So that was February 2008. And so you're, you're teaching to a room of 900 trainers and presenters from around the world. So you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're sat in amongst all your peers and all the top people in, in the lesbians world. Um, in one room and I was teaching the chess track on that one it was a technotronic song get up get down yeah, so it's just an old yeah. school sort of hip-hop pop song yeah it's fun but uh, again you know you're teaching it and you just look you, you look over into the room and you just see all these people fit passionate people they're all trainers and presenters moving really well and you're just thinking holy shit man I'm on stage teaching this to all the people that are the best in the industry so that, that's quite a that was quite a sort of an overwhelmed moment but I think in terms of of like what I actually feel was good quality work. And, and it's, you know, I still get the odd message now, trainers from around the world, they'll, they'll use this video clip for coaching or for connection performance in their module trainings. And it's, it's the bicep track from, from Body Pump 93 centuries. centuries. So I just thought, I, I did feel like every time I've watched a video back, I've always hated it. And, and you, you know what it's like, you'll be the same. You, you, we over-criticize ourselves. We say, why did I say that? how did I miss that cue oh my knee caved in a little bit there that squat was a little bit short oh my elbows are out too far you know we we hack ourselves to bits over every minute little detail and and it's and it's a horrible place to be but it's good because that's how we get better you know and, and you know you and I are in a position where we're, we're we've got good confidence and competence in what we do because of years of doing this you know breaking ourselves down trying to be better and and never being good enough and so we're always on that journey, I guess. And I've never really sat back and gone, oh, that was a really good job. You know, but with, with this one track, I actually watched it back and thought, hey, if I was on a module training, like there's good coaching in there, the technique looks clean, there's some, some, some connection moments, there's a little bit of performance. I actually felt like all around, that's quite a good role modeling of the five key elements. And then over these last few years, like I said, the odd trainer will, will send a video clip message from their training or, you know, or just send me a picture and where they've used it to train their instructors. And, and for me, that just feels, it just gives you that sense of worth and value that's, that's some, some work that you did is being used to actually help other people be great at this job, you know? And, and, I, and I really take a lot of pride in that one. So I think that, that bicep track from 93 is, is probably my favorite, just because it feels like that's, that's had some legs and some legacy and it's, and it's helped a lot of people, you know?
and even just recently uh jackie yeah what's she doing she was doing um jackie kellogg from the us she was doing an, an advanced training and uh, she video conferenced called Marlon and I when we were in Taiwan doing the training. So we had a chat to her advanced training group. And she goes, hey, guess what? I'm going to play your bicep track from 93 in this. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then she sent me the little video clip. And it was just, it was just really cool. Because I think like you and I were talking about before we, before we recorded, you know, I've, you know, I've not been at the front of the game for a long time. So 93 was my last filming. And so there's, you know, thousands of instructors out there that have come since 93 so they've got no idea who i am or what i've done you know and every now and then this video clip might pop up and it's like oh who's that guy oh that's quite good and then it kind of just 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 keeps you a little bit relevant you know it's, it's quite a nice feeling and it's a good track you know it's a good workout that bicep track as i think my yeah. favorite uh, my favorite one was or one of my favorites was christina aguilera the bicep track ain't no other man Ain't no other men. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one for me, like, oh, was Don't awesome. tell me I tried to sing. <laughs> no, I think, I think what kind of stands out, and someone's actually asked the question, um, the instructors who messaged me back have got, like, 20-odd questions that I'm going to fire at you shortly. Um, but someone has mentioned the famous Ooh, catching, the, catching the bicep bar in your foot. Because <laughs> that's what you did at the end yeah. of that track. So, yeah, that's cool. That's right, yeah. And I always remember I was on a I was on a module training not long after, and, and a guy tried to do it, but um, I I don't think he'd actually seen the video clip. He must have just heard that I'd done this bar catch, and um, and he tried it, but he was teaching the backtrack. <laughs> <laughs> so he dropped the bar and smashed it on the floor because the weight was too heavy. <laughs> wow. There you go. That's what happens when you get third-hand advice. You know? Oh my goodness. I guarantee you, though, there's a lot of instructors, including myself. I have tried to catch the bar on my foot <laughs> in the bicep track. So <laughs> it's just just the sign of a misspent youth. It was all those years of me wanting to be a professional football player, <laughs> never making it. <laughs> but, um, I, I think it's it's true to say that um, whenever you teach or you present, or if you know, instructors go back and watch anything that you've done you just have this amazing talent of bringing the music to life making people feel good and just being true to yourself so thank you for that because it's inspired so many people um through oh, thank you for that done. yeah yeah it's been awesome um before we move on to the the questions from the instructors um something that's kind <laughs> yeah, of I'm <laughs> you, sh you should be <laughs> um, there's there's obviously a, a, where we are at the moment in terms of what's happening um, in the world where you are um, it's the coronavirus so um, I just want to just ask you some mm. questions about that and, and obviously we see a lot of stuff in the media at the moment about it but what we don't hear about is the kind of impact it's having on the fitness industry in China and you know the surrounding yeah. countries and stuff so what's it been like for you like being I guess in, in the nucleus of the virus and um, the impact it's having on you <laughs> and your team and and have you got it yet <laughs> have you had it <laughs> yeah touch wood I think I'm okay now that's the thing a bit of a cough where you feel you know, thinking if I, if I got it you'd be self-assessed but I think um 
like I guess all, all jokes aside, the actual the actual statistics behind the numbers, it, it's not so bad, you know. And I know the media hype it up a lot, and then and and obviously globally, it's it's a, it's a big deal, and everyone's got very serious and worried, and and it, and it's good that we have because I think if we globally, everyone in every obviously that's going to restrict, you know, how far it spreads, and and they've done a great job of that in, in China. You know, so for example, I've I've just come back from Taiwan, and I'm and I'm on 14 days quarantine lockdown. So I've I've got to stay in my apartment for 14 days. I can't leave my compound because of the the risk of spreading the virus. And uh, so that's in and around China. We're doing that. You know, everyone has to do that. So, you know, there's there's things like uh, cafes, restaurants, and bars. They're all shut down. Office buildings are closed. Gyms are closed. People can't congregate more than five. Um, in in your in your building, if there's a family living, you know the whole family can't go out of the compound. Only one person can leave, and they've got to get a pass. And you're allowed to leave for an hour, and then you can come back. And you've got to give your pass back. So there's a lot of heavy restrictions that um, you know, it's, it's it, it sort of seems like overkill. People are walking around in those nuclear suits and face masks, and you think, oh, oh it's, it's like a movie. Like I said, you've got the sensationalism of, of, of Twitter and Facebook and the media. Um, when you listen to the experts and they compare it to like Ebola or SARS or MERS or even just the, the common cold and the flu, numbers-wise, it's it's not actually as scary. So what what the impact is, is is it's not so much about people getting the virus, it's this this day-to-day life and like you say, impacting the business. So my training team, for example, a lot of them teach uh, classes and that and that's and that's their sole income that's what they do for a living they're teaching 20 25 classes per week so at the moment obviously the gym isn't open so they're not teaching those classes so they're not getting paid um, and now that's spreading into three three and a half weeks that's that's a long time to not get any income um, but you still got to pay rent on your building you still got to pay electricity gas water um, you still got to buy food um, i've got friends that are that are gym owners so they own small gyms that are little group fitness studios so obviously in these three, three and a half weeks, they've not been able to be open. So they're not running any classes. So no one's actually paying money to go to that class. So they're not having income, but they've still got the overheads of the rent on the facility and the leasing on the equipment, um, you know, the rates, water, gas, all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's this day-to-day life that, you know, outside of actually catching the virus and, and, the, and the health scare, it's just people not getting an income, um, businesses, you know, not making money and, or not even being sustainable because they're losing so much money um and and even silly things like like going to the gym so none of us can go to the gym you know so people have to try and work out a way to train in their front room so you know they they can jump on and do the the les mills programs um what we've found is some instructors they're doing a live stream so they might teach a little 30 minute hit workout live stream it from their front room and they're picking up like uh a a big bottle of water to use as a dumbbell and Mm -hmm. then they're using the couch to jump over and, and they're just being really creative which is cool um but you know you know it's like we're fitness industry people we want to get in the gym we want to lift weights we want to get outside we want to run you know we're, we're, we're it's cabin fever and then that affects people mentally and and you know people aren't going into work so they're not catching up with their friends in the office or catching up with friends after work so this day-to-day life really has sort of been quite heavy and quite stressful but one thing i will say is, is people here are really positive um and and the social media that we've got is it's called wechat so a lot of people use wechat and weibo that's kind of like our Facebook and Instagram. Um, and the community is just really getting behind each other and, and you know, and, and everyone here trusts that the government are doing the best they can to, 
to try and you know put a lid on this as quick as possible. In in Shanghai, we've had a few days where the numbers haven't actually grown, and there's been a few days where there's been no new cases of the virus. So that's obviously a, a positive. Um, there's just a lot of travel restrictions, so you know people aren't flying into China or flying out. So if anyone's had holidays booked or or if they need to travel for work, that's not happening. So it's, it's a pretty serious full-on lockdown, and um, you know a lot of that day-to-day -day stuff we take for granted, like walking up the road and getting a coffee. You know, it's you just can't you can't do it because the coffee shop's not open, or you're not allowed to leave your compound. Yeah. So it it is it is pretty full-on, um, and and I think the 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 stress is what's what's happened in in the leaking globally. So like, like obviously this boat off off Japan where a lot of people have caught the virus because. You know, they're on that, that cruise liner. Um, the numbers there are pretty scary. And then I think South Korea now has just suddenly had a big boom. Um, I guess they, you know, they didn't really, they, they didn't really sort of um, have anything to worry about in the early days. So there wasn't any restrictions on traveling or, or being in groups. You know, they were still getting together in, in big groups and business as usual. And then sort of all of a sudden, these last few days, they've had a few big increases in numbers. Um, and so a few other countries have had, a, you know, a few cases which, which starts to scare people. Um, you know, and the, the downside is it brings out a lot of that, that xenophobia and a lot of that racist stuff. You, you see people, you know, starting to blame China or say it's because the Chinese are doing stuff like eating yeah. bats or they're not hygienic. And, you know, that, that stuff upsets me. Obviously, I live here and, and these are my people, you know, and so I feel, feel quite sort of at attached to it and, and quite emotionally involved in, in the outcome. Um, and obviously, my family is, you know, they're worried about me being here. And, mm. you know, obviously, I wasn't in China, I was in Taiwan. And then, globally nobody's flying into china but i have to fly back into china because it's my job and i don't want to be with my team mm -hmm. you know so it's like let les mills in, in in new zealand they're not letting anyone come to china but i i could i don't think yeah you know it it is it is it is just about staying positive and I think that's that's one of the the great things you I mean it's not a great thing about a tragedy but but often when you get a, a a crisis you know people bunch together people look after each other and look out for each other and then it brings out the best in people you know kindness care support love you know there's there's people you know if they if they are able to you know to to deliver some food or to deliver some face masks or toilet roll or whatever you know they're doing that and, and people are, are staying engaged online and talking to each other and like i said posting these workout clips posting advice you know hey guys if you wake up today and you're really stressed out because you can't move here's three exercises you might want to try you know how about writing a journal how about doing some meditation mm -hmm. you know here's a body balance track you know people are just getting together and and and, and trying to pull through it you know yeah and that's the yeah, it's, you it's know the, the whole one it's, tribe it's, thing it's as well isn't it? Hard, you know? you know? it is yeah it is and, and, and even even sort of, I guess, as a business aspect, you know, if, you, if you're a club owner and you're paying a 12-month license fee to Les Mills to run Body Pump, and now you've had a month where you can't run Body Pump, you then turn around and say, okay, well, I, do I get another month added on to my license fee or are you charging for me that? So then as a business, we've then got to have those conversations, you know, and, and so it is, it is, there's a lot more to it than, than, than like, say, just the, 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 the scare of the health aspect to it. It's affecting the fitness industry in, in quite a big way. Um, you know, clubs aren't buying equipment, you know, no one's looking to the future to expand. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's right across the board, yeah. but we, you know, just got to do what we can. It's, it's that control what you can control, you know, the, the art of stoicism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
well, hopefully you'll be over the, the worst of it um, mm. and things can start looking a bit more positive um, for you yeah. guys over there. Cool. Instructor questions, are you ready? Are you ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that evil tone in your voice. I know, and I was rubbing my hands together. Woo. No, no, I've, like the, <laughs> the, the feedback has been great. Um, when I put it out on my social media that you were coming on oh. to the podcast, I've had lots and lots and lots of questions from UK instructors, and I also popped it into the US group as well. So I've got some questions from the US instructors as well. So oh, what, what, yeah, what we'll do is we'll do a quick fire. So I'll just ask you, don't, you know, just what's your answer? What's your answer? Quick fire through these, okay? Um, oh, I got you, yeah, yeah. I got right, you. so the first question is, um, it's, a, it's a, from a very special person. It's from your mum, okay? <laughs> she says, when are you coming home to see your mum? No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, whatever answer I say won't be soon enough. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it's uh, it's probably going to be my birthday, isn't it? September. So, so uh, or if we do the global summit in in Greece in June, because I'm halfway home, so it'll be just before or just after that. So, if you're listening, Mum, I'll be home soon. Put the kettle on. <laughs> Cup of tea. Yep. <laughs> Cup of tea with my mum. <laughs> Uh, okay, oh, next question. Uh, when will you be having a team teach with Ricky Long? And can Marlon come too? And that's from Jamie. And that's from Ricky Long, yeah? Oh, uh. No, 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 that's actually from Jamie. <laughs> I tell you, I, I actually, I, I would love a team teach with those two guys. I think it would be great fun. And um, it's simple. You've just all got to get on to Sarah Dunford. And give us some grief and say you got to book Matt Braxton and get Marlon Woods over, and then all three of us can do it. Yeah, we'll see. Marlon is coming over in a couple of weeks' time because um, that's he, right. Yeah, yeah, the workout water of, thing or something. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we need to get that organised. That would be that would be an amazing. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Um, okay, a big question that came in from quite a few people was, when will we see you presenting on a filming again? Oh, it's it's a nice thought, but I I don't think that's going to happen. And the the main reason is, like in the, in the role I'm in, part of the great thing about my role is is being able to shine the light on other people. And and like I touched on earlier, I've been lucky to have a few filmings and you know do a bit of travelling and and have my five minutes of fame. And and I'm in a place now where it's it's my reward is helping other people. So I I, I wouldn't feel comfortable being on a filming and feeling like that's taken a, an opportunity away from one of, one of my guys so and you know unless unless adam i want to do a, a best off release and wheel out some of us old guys just for fun and it doesn't harm the regular filmings that i can get my team on then possible but yeah nothing nothing planned but that's that's it's a sweet gesture i appreciate that <laughs> um patricia wants to know how do you come up with your awesome witty cues your one-liners. <laughs> it's, it's funny because occasionally I will just come up with something random off the cuff and it works quite well and you go, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, and other times you might come up with something that just bombs and doesn't work and it's, you know, oh, well, you can't win them all. But I, but I get inspiration from just movies and books and songs. So, so I might hear something in a song and, and somehow along the way I can translate that into my brain into a cue and it's something that's quite quirky and, it's, and it works. So. 
I, I guess a simple example is is so, so I've always been into into bodybuilding. There's a bodybuilder from the eighties called Dave Draper, and he wrote a book called Brother Iron Sister Steel. And so I took that name of the book, Brother Iron Sister Steel, and then in in a in a filming release when I was coaching i said brothers of iron and sisters of steel time to give your arms some sex appeal mm-hmm. so i just kind of added a rhyme onto the end but but i got inspiration just from the name of that book you know so it can come from really random places um and then occasionally you might actually be sat down and you're trying to think of something that's intelligent or funny and, and you try and sort of craft something like a you know like a comedian might might sit down and write a joke but uh, but i struggle with that i, I don't think i'm I'm naturally clever in that way. It's just something quirky will come up every once in a while. Just like that. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. Interrupted by Ricky like Walsh. Man in the background. Yeah. Who is that in my house? So <laughs> 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 uh, well, the next question is about uh, the evolution of body pumps. So you know it's changed mm. over the years. What's been the 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 biggest change for you over the years the one thing that's kind of going to stand out I think I mean obviously music's changed over the years and it's you know this this millennialized thing where the music's a bit you know a bit younger and a bit cooler and a, and a bit more up to date um and 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 the you know the the, the BPMs the, the program's a bit faster now it's more of a cardio feel uh you know we've got mountain climbers there's heaps of overhead stuff so it's it's more of a cardio athletic sort of feel as opposed to maybe the, the slower strength work we used to have and, and I guess the one of the evolutions that I've sort of welcomes the most is is where we transition from bar work to doing a lot of plate work and a lot of unilateral work so the single leg stuff the single arm stuff I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan anytime we can do something a bit more sort of functional you know like the backward stepping lunge with a row mm-hmm. uh, using the plates single arm stuff so you, you're balancing your body a little more I, I, I like that transition, how we've moved and now we're flexible and that we, it's not just a barbell workout. We've got the plate work and we can do single arms, single legs. So it's kind of a li- just, just a little bit more intelligent training. Yes, yeah, so that's probably the standout advancement I've, I've felt along the way. Cool. Um, what is the one thing you wish instructors understood about being a trainer? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the thing I always talk about is that it doesn't matter if you know if you're a trainer, presenter, you're a DVD presenter, a program director, whatever your title or the role or what ascension you might have reached to. We're all instructors. At the end of the day, Thursday night, 6 p.m., I'm still teaching body pump to 25 people because that's the size of the studio. Nice little intimate uh, private studio. And that's, that's what's important. That's where I create my biggest impact and I have my influence. You know, what I do day in and day out in my regular classes by far has more impact and influence than doing one quarterly workshop or being delivering one bicep track on a DVD, you know? So I, so I always try and make sure that the, the people in those higher up positions that none of us get, get arrogant or caught up in our position and our title. When we, we think we're really important and we're better than anyone else, it's pulling it right down to all of us. We're just teaching our classes and trying to do the best we can. Some people have moved into a different place where they might be a trainer and that's got great value too. But ultimately, roll your sleeves up, teach your class just like just like the rest of us, you know, and, and enjoy that and understand that that's the, the, the best part of what we do. Yeah. Uh, right. The next question is about food. Um, <laughs> um, do you like tacos? Oh, you've frozen. 
Hello. Oh, we frozen. Can, can Are you hear. there? Can you hear me? I can. Uh, hear. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you now. Yes. Yes, you're back. So. All right. So we can just chop that wee bit cool, out. Cool, cool. Um, okay. So the next question was yeah. is about. Did you get that about food? Yes. Okay. I'm listening. It's a, it's a subject very close to my heart. Oh, is it? Right, because I was like, oh, this is a strange question. Um, so what is your favourite part of a taco? <laughs> the whole damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> when it's in my belly. <laughs> I love tacos, yeah. Oh, do you? Tacos. Right, okay. <laughs> so that was from someone called Michaela, an instructor called Michaela. She asked that question. Oh, cool. Um, okay, Kathy wants to know the best and worst cues you have given. So what's the best cue and then what's maybe something that's kind of went down like a leg? Oh, oh, I need to think. I mean, I think... I mean, just, just off the cuff, the, the, the worst cues are when people cue late. So forget trying to say something clever or funny that bombs. Just if you're queuing late that's always going to be the worst queue because you know our job is to be easy to follow so i kind of feel like i'm successful in my teaching when i teach a new release for the first time and everyone in the room can follow it really easily so the i guess the blanket answer is the best queuing is when you can treat you really well and people follow you and the worst is when you're queuing late and people don't follow you so well but i'd, I'd, I'd have to uh, i'll have to Facebook you a message and try and think back because there there'll be plenty of cues that I've said and there's probably some instructors there's probably some instructors <laughs> listening that can go oh, I remember when Thraxton said that that was terrible <laughs> there'll be heaps of examples but fortunately most of the time people are remembering the good ones <laughs> but um I mean what, what one that get one that sort of gets thrown around a little bit is is that that one I I did at a workshop once on the chest track where I said you always treat your bar like your first date you never let it touch the chest and then that kind of, that always always got a really good reaction back in the day and uh but you know you know what it's like if you, if you say a cue and it's quite cool and quite funny and it works you've got to let it go you can't say it every class because you just end up looking like an idiot yeah. so you know you do it once or twice and okay that's great but you've got to let it go and move on and then try and create something else otherwise you just end up being a one-trick pony <laughs> Um, so, someone, um, Susie, who's an instructor, she actually um, taught in the US but moved back to Scotland. She mentioned that cue in, in her question. <laughs> so, yeah, that's oh, really? one of the best cues. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we are. There's only been about three, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christine wants to know how is your Mandarin going? So, living in China, like, do you speak the lingo? Do you understand it? Can you read it? Can you write? Can you what? What's going on there? Ah, uh, uh,呃，对，我会说中文。我的中文非常好，谢谢你。Wow。这个问题很好。好的。We'll <laughs> <laughs> see if there's anyone listening that can speak Mandarin. They can they can translate that. Okay. I, I just said yeah, I can speak Chinese. Well, totally lies. <laughs> it's um it's it's cool because it's this one of the the cool parts of this job is you know like like i'm learning a new language and and man it's it's tough but it's but it's like anything if you give it some time and if you put some effort into it you get you get better at it you know it's it's just tough because i think it's a very different language to learn from you know french spanish german italian which are all the the latin kind of languages and, and as you know at school you know we normally learn one or two of those and 
and and so you're doing that every day for five days a week for three or four years mm -hmm. you know whereas here i wouldn't have learned a language for a long time and so I, I i can speak spanish but 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 learning chinese is structurally it's very different the tones are very different um but but now i've had a few lessons and i'm starting to get better at it i can i can understand the structure and it makes sense and i can start to pronounce the words a little better so it's just a case of of using it more often and you know and, and, and trying to study more often and, and get better but for the two years i've been here i've i probably feel like i should be a lot better but i'm, I'm doing my best and, and i think it's important that you know the team see that i'm trying to learn the language and that i integrate in the culture mm -hmm. um i've moved countries a few times america new zealand australia but obviously they all speak english yep. so this is the first time i've lived in a, in a non-english speaking country so that's provided a lot of challenges um but it's cool yeah i've sort of got enough that the average person can hear and go oh he speaks quite good chinese but then when a chinese person returns and starts speaking back to me i'm not stuck <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. but um it's progress yeah it's progress <laughs> all right the next question from peter is what is your why Oh, that's a good question. So I suppose we've been through this advanced training and, and, and when I went through that, I, I came up with this thing, engage, educate, entertain, inspire. So I sort of felt like I wanted to put something punchy in there that kind of covered what I do and, and, and engage is, is absolutely an important thing for me. Educate and entertain, I, I feel like in our industry, you know, it's, you've got to have a good balance of both of those things so that you've got a good message and that message lands because it's entertaining and interesting. And ultimately what we're trying to do is inspire people, you know, in, in whatever that may be. Um, and so, so I had those sort of four words as a tagline, but, but when I think back to, to this, 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 you know, and, and, and I actually talked about this on, on, on Ricky's podcast. So I'll give him a little shout out here. <laughs> Lord knows he could deal with the exposure and the numbers. So I'll help you out there, Ricky. <laughs> Off Lindsay's podcast. I think um, I, I talked a bit about when I started this thing in America with this, this woman, Terry Hort, who was the manager of Gold's Gym. And, and she, was, she was my butterfly effect moment. That tap on the shoulder started this whole journey that I've been on. So if it wasn't for her back in 2002, coming up to me and saying, do you want to teach this thing called Pump? I think you'd be good. You know, let's give it a go. None of this would have happened. And, and so all along my journey, anyone that I've been lucky enough to, to sort of influence or have a positive effect on, it can all be traced back to her, you know, and, and she doesn't know any of this. She won't have met any of these people that I've come across in these 18 years, but absolutely the butterfly effect started with her. And so as I've delved into this why a bit deeper, what it actually turns out is that, that I, I want to be the Terry. I want to be that butterfly effect moment for as many other people as possible, you know, cause I'd love to feel like that ripple effect is out there. And there's people that felt inspired by something I did or said, but I don't necessarily want anyone to come back and tell me that. I don't need that feedback of, oh, thank you. It's just, I know that that happens. I know that you do that. I know that Ricky does that. I know Steve Tansy does that. I know all the thousand instructors. They all have those butterfly effect moments on other people. And that then creates those ripples out into the world. And, and the beautiful thing about that is it's a constant quest. You, you never achieve it. You know, it's, you're never going to wake up one day and say, oh, I've achieved my goal, mm -hmm. you know, because that next class might be the one time when you have a conversation with someone and that changes their life. Or you might be in bloody Starbucks having a coffee and you chat to someone in, in the line waiting to pay. And that's the moment that changed their life and helped them. You know, it's, it's, we, we, we should never lose sight of this, 
this small thing that we might do could create a big thing in someone else's life. And then that's, that's what my why boils down to. Yeah. Good question. Nice. nice. Um, this, this next question comes from Peter as well. Um, what's your phone number? (laughs) (laughs) Do I owe him some money? (laughs) And I don't think that's what he meant. There There we go. Um, Judy wants to know what's your favourite body pump track ever? I know that's a tough one. It's got to be Enter Sandman by Metallica. Body Pump 43 chest track. Enter Sandman. I don't have that. I'll need to try and source that. That's always going to be kind of my my all time favourite of all time. But um, what what I'm buzzing off at the moment is is I love that bicep track from 112. The um, oh, how do you say it? Like okay. dice array, mm-hmm. you know, the bicep track dice array. That real. It's got the Gregorian chant in the background. Mm-hmm. It's got the rap, and it's a big epic. Uh, and um, oh man, that's an awesome track. Yeah, that that's my killer at the moment. Mm, that's a good track. Good track. Um. All right. Next question. Um. Do you teach body balance? And I do. Oh, you do. So um. How, how would you encourage more men into body balance? This is from Judy. Um, well, my, my balance journey was probably a, a, a classic story for us typical guys in that, you know, the, your knee gets a bit sore, the hips get a bit tight and it affects your training and you think I need to do more mobility work, a bit more stretching and, uh, and you start doing that kind of training. And then you might go to a couple of balance classes and think, oh, actually, this stuff really works. I'm feeling better. I'm moving better. You enjoy it. It's nice music. And, and then you stick with it. And, and for me, I just evolved into teaching it because um, I thought it would, it, would, a, it would be a way of making sure that I kept doing balance myself. But also it was a challenge to teach a different style of program, you know, and I was an absolute beginner. So those first few body balance classes, I was hopeless. And it was almost frustrating you know, to be that terrible at something when you're actually good at teaching mm-hmm. so it was a nice little personal journey physically as well as sort of spiritually and emotionally um but in terms of people just coming to do the class you just just show them a picture of Corey. if anyone looks at Corey and they think you can get anything like that from body balance men will be flocking to it the guy's a specimen <laughs> if he can do body balance we all can <laughs> but i think yeah the, the thing with balance is it's probably got a little bit of a, you know that yoga vibe where people think oh it's just sitting on a mat going home and it's and it's lame you know people don't they don't know what they don't know so men don't know what balance actually feels like until they've actually tried it so you know i I think maybe the angle of 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 you know the actual good stuff that it does for you physically as well as you know as well as as mentally you know especially this day and age a lot of mental health awareness at the moment Mm -hmm. you know man doing a balance class really does make you feel good and relax you and takes away some stress for a while and uh and it's yeah and, and once we start getting more men into the program i think more men would definitely stay it's, it's, a, it's a great program yeah. but yeah let's just go with uh if you want to look like Corey, do body balance <laughs> <laughs> um uh, judy's also asked what are your top tips for staying on top of your physical game so what training do you do outside of class i guess that's that question so I suppose, so I suppose the, the body balance was one was one of the things in the recent couple of years that I, that I added, you know, because I just knew that I had some imbalances in my body and some weaknesses and tightnesses. And, and, and what I do when I train is, is I try and do a lot of stuff that I'm not actually doing within my group fitness. So 
So for example, you know, with, with body pump being quite cardio these days, I do two pumps a week and one RPM. I don't do any other cardio training. I, I don't feel like I need more cardiovascular training. What I need to do is, is I need to do good strength work and I need to do good functional training. So I'll do TRX, I'll do kettlebells, I do Olympic lifting. I, I try and do things that aren't in the program. So like chin-ups and pull-ups and, and dips on bars, you know, we can't do that in pump. Um, so I try and do that sort of stuff. Uh, I, I try and do a bit more of the mobility stuff. So I'm using a lot of bands and, and doing you know, what, what you would call sort of stretching, but stuff where I think, okay, I know, for example, my hip flexors are tight and I know my hamstrings are tight. So I'd always do a little bit of focus on those things. Um, I, I try to get two massages a month, but obviously it's, it's, you know, you've got the financial element of that as well, but I always try and get two massages a month to try and give a bit of love back to the body. I, I do a little bit more warming up now. I remember the days where I used to just run straight onto a quarterly workshop stage and, and jump up and down and do 20 jump knees like an idiot, fresh cold. And it was no problem when I was 20. But, you know, now what I've got to do is go, okay, I need a bit of a warm up. So I do some stretching, mobility, get the body ready before I teach a class, you know, and that helps. But it is, I guess I'm, I'm in that sort of space now where it's a little bit more about, you know, training smarter, not harder, you know, so... I know that as, as, as an adult male, strength is one of the first things to go. So I try and lift the basic lifts heavy when I can. And I know functionality and, and mobility is the next thing to go. So like I say, I do the kettlebells, the TRX, and, and that sort of, um, you know, the sort of stuff that a lot of CrossFit guys would do in their warm-ups and their mobility stuff. I follow a lot of good guys on Instagram, mm -hmm. um, Achieve Fitness, Activate Motivation, Kelly Starlet, you know, Move You, a whole bunch of those Instagram guys that, daily there's so much great content that you can take to give a bit of love back to your body and man it definitely works cool um and i would say i try and sleep more but my sleep's still terrible <laughs> i guess traveling I and stuff like really that just yeah. you know yeah. when you're traveling and you're going to different countries and different things it just uh, yeah sleep for sure <laughs> <laughs> um rachel has asked will you marry her um <laughs> Absolutely. How much money do you earn? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, in fact, I'll just jump down to this next one uh, because there's a common theme here. Uh, Lydia wants to know, uh, can she have your phone number? And Julia wants to know, <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow night? <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've had more action in one phone call than I have I in know. 10 years. Jesus. There we go. <laughs> I should have done this years ago. <laughs> that's, cool. um, so that's, that's what I love about this stuff. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool fun. It's <laughs> all uh, so good. Uh, last couple of questions then. So we have an instructor in the UK. Her name's Diane Crouch. Um, I know Diane. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because she, she, she said she sends lots of love. And oh. do you remember introducing her and Steve Tansy to your mum? before she drove you up to the Fit Pro convention. <laughs> well, first of all, hi, Diane. How are you? I hope you're well and sending lots of love back to you too. I'm guessing you're still doing nine or 10 programs, are you? So you've probably added grit and bar since I've last seen you, which is fantastic. Uh, no, come on. You know there's no way I'd introduce my mum to Steve Tansy. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Diane's awesome. She's such a legend. She's helped she so is, many yeah. instructors within her region and um, I believe recently became a tribe coach. So, um, oh, cool. Fantastic. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah, she's definitely a good one and doing it for the right reasons. It's cool. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, all right. Last question is, um, what's your favourite thing about instructing Les Mills workouts? I've got to say the people. I mean, you know, I love the music. I love the workouts and, and it's great fun being on stage teaching. But, but ultimately all the best all the best feelings and the best memories are the, you know, the connections you make with people, seeing people smile, you know, seeing someone in front of you have shiny eyes and, and, and that reciprocity thing that you can make people feel good. They can make you feel good. And, and I just think it's a, a real positive environment to be in that, you know, the, the people that come out of a class, they just go out about their day in a little bit more positive way, a bit healthier, a bit happier. They're nicer to their husbands, their wives, their kids, the people in their workplace. It's, you know, the, the, Les, Les, I've been really lucky to, when, I, when I sort of found the Lesmos thing that just gave me a really powerful vehicle to do what I love doing. You know, I, I, I still teach TRX classes and kettlebell classes and, you know, battle ropes. I do freestyle, um, Olympic lifting, like I said. I, there's a bunch of other things that I do to spread the love about what I do. But ultimately, the, you know, Lesmos gave me the, the biggest platform to do it and the biggest opportunity. Um, and, and for 18 years, it's been my career. And, and I would have met more people through this Les Mills thing and gone to more different countries and experienced different cultures. And so I, so I feel like the, the, the best thing about being a Les Mills instructor is, is absolutely the, the, the people you meet, the connections you make, and, and just that, that general feel-good factor that bounces around with all of us. You know, it's, 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 a, really, it's a really unique thing because I think other companies have something similar, but they just don't seem to get what we get. You know, like Zumba has a big following and, and there's Mossa, BTS, there's Radical Fitness, there's, there's other people that do music, you know, exercise to music, and they have a community, and it works really well. Uh, but it, ju it just seems to be that any people that I know that, that might have left Les Mills or, that it's, or they've fallen off to the side a little bit, they, they always miss it. They always miss the people, and, and they always feel like we just do something. It, it's just like a magic secret formula, secret mm, source. Right you know, there's just yeah. something about... It, it, it's it's crazy and and the best people i've met have been through through les mills and you know teaching classes and sometimes it's the trainer a presenter other times it's just a member in your class a fellow instructor it's it's it's, it's global it's, it's global and and that's what's cool about doing this sort of thing you know way back in whatever year you said it was 2005 mm -hmm. when when i trained you on body pump 54 you know and here we are now in 2020 and then i'm and i'm a guest on your podcast and it's like and you know several times in between that time you and I have had a couple of interactions and global summit and mm -hmm. like it's just it's just it's just an incredible relationship that we have with so many people um and you know and I know that one tribe is kind of a, a cheesy tagline but but it is you know you if I went to the UK there'd be someone I could stay at the house I could team teach with someone if anyone comes to Shanghai they're welcome to stay with me they can come and team teach with me it's just uh it's just a good positive healthy place to be and yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a bloody good thing that Mr. Les, Les Mills did all those years ago. And I, I think we're very, very mm. fortunate to be a part of it. And, and I'll always be thankful for that. And I'll, I'll never take it for granted. And, and it is always about the people. Cut off, but we'll it cut off. It cut off at the bit when it's always about the people. So it's perfect. It's perfect. Oh, that is it. No yeah, problem. that was the last yeah. one. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's great. Um, cool. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, and chatting it's oh, it's been amazing welcome. like thank you yeah and I know a couple of years ago like I spoke to you at Tribal Gathering and and I guess I was giving my thanks yes. to you for because 
if without you, I would never have found my love for Les Mills and group fitness uh, and doing what I'm doing today. So, yeah, it's, it's, I'm hugely uh, grateful. So thank you very much. That's lovely to hear. No, thank you. No, that's, that's exactly it, isn't it? It's, you know, you're, you're there. You're able to sort of say thanks to me for what I did. I say thanks to someone else for what they did. They say thanks to someone else for what they did. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's hundreds of people that thank you for what you do. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's a beautiful little chain of, of, you know, love, care and support and feel good that just keeps rolling on. And, and that's the great thing about this whole, you know, wonderful, crazy world of group fitness that we do. It's quite, quite remarkable, really. Yeah. Cool. But thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. You've been listening to the Lindsay Morrison podcast. Be sure to give us a review on iTunes.